Hi there. Welcome to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Eccles, and I'm here to guide you as you gain more opportunities in your personal and professional life. Now, there are multiple areas of opportunity, places in our life that we want to grow in in order to have a more fulfilling and satisfying life. And those areas of opportunity, of course, include career, finance, your own personal development, mental health, faith, community, hobbies and fun, and much more. And today on the show, we are talking about content creation and personal development with uh, my friend, Joel Sigrist. Now, Joel... He was a student at George Fox University when I was working at the Career Services Office on the undergraduate campus, and he was just an impressive student. He was already far ahead working on his own content creation and working on his marketing and his own thought process when it comes to personal development, professional development, all of these sort of things. So I think he has a lot of really great information for you, the listener, to hear why should you create content? What's the benefits of content creation? Now, he also has a podcast called The Bite-Sized Philosophy Podcast, a really easy podcast to listen to. We'll have the link to that podcast in our show notes, and I encourage you to go check that out as well. But really, I just think you'll enjoy hearing the authenticity of Joel Sigrist and his uh, personality on this podcast. He's a really great guy, and uh, I really appreciated having him on the show. I appreciate that you're also listening to this show. We have celebrated over a thousand downloads and listens to the Learned Opportunity podcast. And we're just really excited to see where this goes. We want you to thrive instead of just survive and to have plenty of opportunities in your personal and professional life. If you're not getting opportunities, then you might feel stuck, hopeless, isolated. And that's not any way that we want you to live. So we look forward to continuing our conversations with people like Joel Sigrist so that you can continue to learn how you can create opportunity instead of just waiting for it to happen in your life. So let's go to that episode. Let's listen in and hear what Joel has to say. And Gwendolyn's on this episode too, so you'll enjoy hearing her voice. You're probably tired of hearing mine, but here we go. Our interview with Joel Sigrist. Hi there, this is Daniel. And I'm Gwendolyn. And this is the Learned Opportunity Podcast. We're here to help you listeners gain more opportunities in your personal and professional life. And today, it's a really fun guest. Uh, I'm excited to talk to Joel Segrist. He's a content creator and marketing specialist at Intel. He also has his own podcast, the Bite-Sized Philosophy Podcast. Really nice, simple, under 10-minute podcast episodes uh, talking about all sorts of different uh, things in personal development philosophy, all those sort of things. But uh, other than that, Joel, what do you care to have listeners know about you? Cool. So I graduated from George Fox University about a year and a half ago. Graduated in May of 2020, which if you know anything about the last couple years of history, that was a tough year to graduate college. Graduated as COVID-19 was picking up and the pandemic was just getting started. Graduated and expected to step into a full-time position at Intel. We talked about it. It was something that had been verbally offered, but not put in writing. And then 
once the pandemic kind of hit and hiring froze and it ended up not like it ended up being taken away. So graduated at that point into unemployment, spent the next kind of month and a half just getting on the phone with people and talking to people and finding interesting people on LinkedIn. And I would send them a message and I'd be like, Hey, you're doing cool things and I'm doing nothing. So I want to talk to you about what you're doing and hear about it and see if I can help in any way. And after, yeah, after doing that for about three weeks, I connected with this guy, Jay LaBeouf, who probably won't listen to this, but Jay, I hope you're doing well. And Jay was at the time hiring for a position at Descript. And so I accepted it and got to, took a contract position at Descript and did some content creation work with some onboarding for clients at that point and helped like people walk through the product. It was like an audio editing product, audio, audio editing software, which was very fun to be a part of. It helped me learn a lot about audio production. And so now doing my own podcast, I think, is way better because I had that job for a few months. And then after six months in that position, the contract ended and I left the position and then came back to Intel. I took about two months intentionally off after uh, Descript. I was was wiped out. We were in the middle of a pandemic and I had (laughs) not lost a job, but I had two positions end in the last six months and I was (laughs) sick and tired of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was exhausted and basically stopped doing all of my side projects. I made the goal that I would do nothing productive for a full month. And so spent time watching TV and going for walks and playing video games and and really just resting uh, because throughout my four years of college, I didn't do that very well. And then (laughs) (laughs) right after college, I continued to not do that very well. Intentionally took some time and said, nope, I like, I have enough set aside that I can pay rent for the next two months. Like I don't have to worry about (laughs) getting kicked out of my apartment. I can just, I can pay for food. I can do nothing for two months. And so I did. Um, And then at the end of that felt way better, felt way more rested and rejuvenated. Um, and actually started applying to jobs again that I cared about. And when I started doing that, I connected with someone back at Intel and they were looking for a marketing specialist. And I took that position on and started as a contract role. And then six months later, moved into the position that I have now, which is like, I'm a marketing specialist and I work on a blog program and I work on in-content creation. So I do that as a hobby, but also for my day job. And so got to yeah, I get to do a lot of content creation all the time and really just live and breathe that. Also, I got married about six months ago to mm-hmm. the love of my life. We live in Southern Oregon and do a lot of caretaking for my mother-in-law who's pretty sick. And so that's been a really humbling experience and something that I think has given me a lot of perspective on what actually matters in life. Mm-hmm. That the fact that someone was terse in an email to me doesn't matter a whole lot when then I'm going to spend the afternoon over with my like ailing mother-in-law. So it really puts things in perspective as, as far as what I'm supposed to care about and what really matters. And then I spend, uh, my spare time, uh, what left of it there is, I spend my spare time. I do bar trivia every week, which is a blast. Um, I absolutely love trivia. What's your Um, like subject matter expert? Like I'm a big sports guy. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, sports and then current events I'm pretty up with. So nice. there's always a current events category at the place we go to. That and then anytime sports questions show up are the, are the times that I'm relevant. Uh, and otherwise, I just get to sit there and eat some nice food and hang out. You have two categories. I think that's impressive. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. No, I could use well, those. You. you come on over to Indiana. We'll go to the pub trivia in Westfield. It'll be great. <laughs> Next time I'm there, I'll hit you up. <laughs> um, 
And then I also spend uh, my spare time. I do a, not as much writing as I used to do, but I do have a medium page that I do some writing on. And I write largely about personal development there and pretty much for myself. I use it as the way that I process through my own personal development and the way that I process through the way that I want to be creating content in the way that I want to show up with the world. And then I also have, as Daniel mentioned earlier, I have my podcast, A Bite-Sized Philosophy, which I absolutely love doing. Um, and again, I think is has morphed from when I started it, that it, when I started it, I really wanted to grow it and make it this big thing and change the world and all of those sorts of things that every 21-year-old wants to do when they start a podcast. And now that it's been a couple of years, I've shifted that and I want to instead change myself and use it to grow more and use it to refine the, the way that I think about the world and really force myself to put my ideas into words and my philosophy of life into words. That's great. That's a pretty good summary of me. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear that you got a little bit of a rest time and a break. I was about to, to sing your praises when I was at George Fox. There's maybe a list of students. I was in the career services office and we knew those students that we were just like, those are the ones that we really are, are proud of and that we wish more students would do those sort of things. And really Joel is doing more than I could ever have been doing at that time when it comes to content creation or other stuff like that. And you were still in college. <laughs> and I was on, yeah. Why has that always been something that's been important to you? Where'd you find that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Thank you. First off, I appreciate that. And so a few years ago when I like picked my major at George Fox, I picked marketing because I wanted to be a youth pastor, but after I was a youth pastor, I wanted to go on and have a real job, <laughs> which we'll talk about. I ended up not becoming a youth pastor because I don't think that's a very healthy mindset to enter a field as. But I originally picked marketing because I was like, oh, I like people. I like money. I like business. It's it's interesting enough and it's less technical than accounting or finance or some of these other ones. Um and so I picked marketing and my freshman year, I took one intro to marketing class. I was like, wow, that actually was pretty interesting. And then the summer after my freshman year, because of some various things, my family was tra traveling a lot and I wasn't in one place for the full summer. We lived in a few different spots that summer across the country, not just in, in our hometown. And I was like, I can't get a job because I... I'm not in one place and don't have very many mm. applicable skills as an 18 year old. I guess I was 19, but yeah, so it didn't work that summer. And instead like really threw myself into podcasts and blogs. And I found a couple podcasts that were interesting about marketing and kind of some like pretty niche ones that I was like, wow, there's a lot more to this whole marketing thing than I thought there was and started to really consume a lot of content around that and spend a lot of my free time listening to um, podcasts by like Russell Brunson, Gary Vaynerchuk, James Altucher, people who are like really in the entrepreneurship and marketing field and started to like really just consume that for the next probably two or three years, probably two full years, just listen to them all the time, everything that they had to say in in all my spare time, I was like, oh, like walking to class, going to throw on a podcast, like going for a drive, going to throw on a podcast, going for a run, going to throw on a podcast and all sorts of stuff like that, where I got to a point where I was like, I feel like I've heard what they're saying. They're, they're not really saying new things anymore. Like mm. I've heard what I've, I've heard their message already. And now they're just like <laughs> packaging it differently. I'm not sure that I'm that interested anymore and found some other podcasts, got into audiobooks actually instead, but then 
was talking to one of my mentors about it that I was like, man, like these podcasts used to really be something that I looked forward to and something that I really enjoyed and really listened to. And now they've become boring in a sense. Not that what they're talking about is boring, but I feel like they're not really saying new things. I wasn't really into interview podcasts at that point because they didn't feel as actionable. And so I, instead I just was done with them. And my mentor said, maybe it's time to take off the bib and put on the apron as a way to say, maybe you're done learning for right now and you need to start going and applying it a little bit, which was, I think, a great thing for me to hear at that point in my life that basically he said, okay, if you know all that, why don't you go do something with it? And I think that was something that I needed to hear at that point. And so I challenged myself to <laughs> to step back and say, what does that look like? And so my junior year of college, I was involved in a couple businesses on campus and helped start a couple businesses and helped start like a couple clubs and things and, and really was invested in that and did a lot of that my junior year, was involved, I think, in too many things, starting too many things my junior year of college to the point that like I was spread too thin and none of them really did that great. Like I would show up 50% in four different places rather than hundred percent in one place. I guess that math doesn't work out, but <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying. Um, that's how it was. And that's, uh, yeah. And so got to a point where I was like, maybe this isn't, maybe I don't want to go start a business on campus. Maybe I want to do something that's not just tied to campus. And so then my senior year, I started talking to my brother a lot, who is somebody that I really look up to, somebody who's a couple years older and was in grad school at the time. Um, and we started talking about what about blog writing? What about podcasting? What about these other ways to share what I'm thinking, share what I'm learning in a way that's not as, I don't know, financially driven in ways that like are spread broader than just this two square mile patch on of campus in Newburgh. And so I started to do that. And I started to think about if I were to have a podcast, what would it be about? And that's really where bite-sized philosophy came from, um, was I wanted to do something that was relevant to me, something that had I found it two years before, I would have really eaten it up and just listened to every single episode. And I started to write similarly that I started to write about if freshman year Joel, if 18 year old Joel had found this, had come across this in the space of the, would he have cared about it? And would it have been good for him to read and listen to? And so that kind of has been, has always been the frame for the content that I've written is the message of if a year ago I had found this, would it be good for me? Would it have pushed me in the right direction? And that's the way that, mm. that I've started to write content, the way that I've started to produce content. Um, and yeah, and so that's why I started as a student because I, my brother was, my younger brother was just starting in college at that point. Um, and I was like, wow, like I have learned a ton these four years of George Fox. And I've learned a lot of it through mistakes, through trial and error. And I wish there was a way that I could protect the next generation from that, that I could protect um, these people from spreading themselves too thin, protect people from thinking they know it all when they turn 19, protect people from all of these different mistakes that I made. And that's where bite-sized philosophy and, and I did some blogging on Medium at that point also. That's where those projects came from, was a desire to share what I had learned to a younger version of myself. That's beautiful. I love how just genuine it is too. It's awesome. Yeah. I think now I've thought about now that I'm married and I, I don't have kids on the way, but at some point I probably will have kids on the way in the next several years that I've thought about 
what happens like my content isn't going away. Like I could go delete all of it off the internet, but it's, it's staying there. And if I have 10, 15, 20 years from now, if I have kids who are in high school and come across my podcast and my blogs, like, what are they going to think of me? And that's like such an intimate way for my kids to know me. And so now there's even an additional layer of before I hit publish, like, man, is this someone that I want little Joel Jr. to be running around? That's wild. That is wild. Like it's going to be there out there in metaverse. Yeah, it is. It is. So I don't know. Those are the two lenses that I take to look at when I'm creating content. This is for a younger version of myself. And then if I have kids and they like come across this, is this what I want them to come across Mm -hmm. on the internet? Mm Mm-hmm. We always ask people, like, where do you see opportunity in your professional life and in your personal life? And from what I'm hearing from you, would you agree that you feel like those intertwine for you? I feel like you've been, you're just genuine in the same Joel wherever you show up, it seems. I don't know. Are they different? Are they? The goal is that they're the same. Um, I don't think I always live that out as well as I can say it on a podcast. But the goal is that the person that I show up with my wife and the person that I show up with my coworkers is the same person and obviously not identical because there's stimulus control and different things, but that I'm able to show up genuinely. And that if my coworkers saw me at home, they would recognize me and they would Mm -hmm. know me. And the same way, if my wife saw me at work, like she would know me and she would recognize me. And if my parents saw me in those places, like they would know me and they would recognize me Mm -hmm. and that it's not a bunch of different versions of me running around. And I think when I was a freshman in college like that, I think I was guilty of that, that like I would show up and I would really mirror the people that I was around. Mm -hmm. And so if I was with athletes, I would, you know, be really into sports and be really athletic and all those things. And if I was with musicians, like I didn't care about sports, like gross. And instead (laughs) I like was really into music, like guitar and all these things. And I think it was really like, like I was fragmented in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and that I was like torn in a bunch of different directions and I was the one doing it like it wasn't Mm -hmm. that people were pulling me in different ways and people were pushing me to be a different person that instead when I showed up like wherever I showed up it was like I want to be the stereotype of who this person Mm -hmm. is not actually who I am but I want to be like the stereotype of me in this context and instead oh yeah what might have motivated that or like a desire that like unconsciously might have led to this. Do you know the Enneagram? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, here we go. With it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm an you Enneagram You can go three. there. Yeah, I'm oh, an Enneagram type me three. Me too. Um, yeah, that's why yeah. I'm asking this question. Sorry. <laughs> yes. And so I think there's always been a desire internally that I want to be the best everywhere and that of I want course, to be accepted and admired yeah. everywhere. That's a great thing. That's not a great thing. And so I think I have this desire to be admired everywhere that I was Mm -hmm. and not just accepted. And so wherever I showed up, it was like, no, I don't want you to know the things that are different from you. I just want you to know the things that are the same as you, but maybe a little bit better. And Mm -hmm. that was the way that I think I approached all of my relationships at that point. And now I don't approach my relationships that way. Um, And instead, I really want to show up and and be able to like embrace that. No, I'm different from really everyone else. And that's Mm -hmm the way that it should be. That's okay. I don't have to show up. I don't have to show up on this podcast and talk as if I'm like a counselor for people. Like I can show up on this podcast (laughs) and just talk as Joel and be Joel. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's who I was made to be. Yeah. That part of your story, I think it's giving you a genuineness and a depth. And so never bad to 
be growing. That's great. And I feel like that's an, an easier place to collect content from than if you're trying to come up with content by showing up to the musician group and then so then you're trying to write well, stuff for that or, yeah. or this or that all these other different areas but like real good content comes from just genuine interest and in, and in who you are and i think that it's that hard really to get there it's yeah. not easy mm-hmm. it's you may like Listeners, as you hear Joel, oh, it was, I'm guessing it was not like a flip of a switch. Oh, I got it now. Here we go. Like it, that takes some hard mm-hmm. work. That's awesome. Yeah, it took a lot of time like spent with the journal. It took a lot mm-hmm. of time with mentors. It took a lot of time in meditation. It took a lot of time with having hard conversations with people that I respected and had conversations with people where I would sit down with people I respected and I would be like, hey, like, here's all the things that I'm thinking about. And they're like, there's a lot of gaps there. Like you are mm-hmm. missing a lot of things in your life. And mm-hmm. I would come away from those conversations upset and indignant and stubborn that no, they don't know my life. They can't tell me these things. When in reality, like I was the one in the wrong in a lot of those situations. And I think especially, so my sophomore year of college, I was an RA um, and I worked with um, some wonderful people in res life who really challenged me and pushed me to be more genuine and to, to be able to say, I can't do it. And that was something that I think before I was challenged by those people, I don't think I ever would have said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, they really just encouraged me to be able to accept that, no, I have limitations, I have flaws and I have issues and that makes me human. That doesn't make yep. me broken. That's awesome. Yeah. We've already talked a little bit about content yeah, creation and uh, just Part of uh, something that you enjoy doing is creating content. Why should a listener care about making content or should they? Yeah, should they? (laughs) Should Should I care about making content? Yeah, should Gwen make content? Gwen, I think, should not make content. But most people know. I think it's a great thing to be making content. I think um, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of challenges that come with it. I don't think it's an easy thing to be doing. I mean, I also think it's vulnerable, like good content is honest and good content is vulnerable. And that's hard for most people that should be hard, but the content creation in my life has been really good for me. And it's helped me to grow and to be a better person and to be able to be challenged. So I also create content in the fantasy football space, which is a lot less vulnerable and a lot less honest and a lot less raw than bite-sized philosophy is. Um, And I think (laughs) creating content in a in a, in an honest way, in a way that is about life and is not like about a specific topic like fantasy football, that sort of content is hard. Yeah. And, and it challenges you to put things out into the world that you believe. Mm. And I have been called on that by different people that people have listened to an episode of bite-sized philosophy and they have said, I don't like that. And they've called me on it. And I've had some really good friends call me on that and come back to me and be like, man, how can you say that? And how can you put that out into the world? And those are tough conversations. Mm. And, and that's like my own journey. That's something that like I create content that is pretty honest and is pretty personal. I give out my phone number in all my episodes so people can text me because I want to have conversations about it. But that's hard. That's not an easy thing to be doing. And yeah, I've had a lot of hard conversations around that mm-hmm. and some really beneficial conversations that I think have pushed me to be a better person. That's, I think, one of the biggest benefits of creating content is it forces you to actually put these ethereal ideas into words. Yeah. 
The other huge benefit of content is that not everyone makes it and it looks really good on a resume. Uh (laughs) And so in job interviews, like when I was interviewing for the job that I'm in like a year ago, one of the things that was asked to me was, hey, like, how do you manage multiple projects going on at, at the same time? And what better answer for that than saying, well, I actually self-started a podcast and run it and do all of the production and manage all the scheduling and manage the topics and manage the like writing of the podcasts and all of that. And I do that in addition to having a full-time job. And there's not really a better way to quantify Mm -hmm. that you can manage multiple things, that you can take initiative, that you can put things into words and that you can communicate well than being able to do a podcast or a blog or, or a video series or some kind of content on the side in addition to a job, because most people aren't doing that. And the reason most people aren't doing that is because it's hard, but I think there's huge benefits that go along with that also, because it sounds really good in an interview to be able to say, Oh yeah. And I just, on the side, I, I also just run a podcast and, and they're like, Whoa, that's neat. And I don't think I've ever brought that up in an interview and had someone like dismiss it. Like people always have more questions about it. People always want to hear more about it because I think like interviewers are people too. And I think a lot of people have had dreams of running a podcast and not everyone does it. And so if you like have an interviewer on the other side of the line that (laughs) has wanted to start a podcast and never did, and then you're like, oh yeah, I like run a podcast. I've gotten questions about, oh, like what do you use to publish for that? Not questions about the interview, but questions about like, yeah. what recording equipment do you have? Like, where did you get that? Those sorts of questions that they're like, man, I want to do this too. And I like want to get your help to like make it happen. And it's a job interview. So we're not going to like go into it, but I also want, I want they some help. I'll follow up you. with you later yeah. on that. because <laughs> And so it's those sorts of things where it makes people, it makes me yeah. stand out in interviews. And I also have gotten on like my current manager, this is one of the reasons that I really wanted to work from her or work for her. When I got on an interview with her like a year ago, she got on the other line and she was like, Hey, so I listened to some of your podcasts and it was really interesting. And I would love to just talk to you about some of that at some point. And like, it's so cool for some of the interview questions to already be answered before they get on the line, because they listen to my podcast about that topic. Mm-hmm. And suddenly when they get on, like when they jump on an interview with me, it's not about, oh, let's get drilled to like talk about what are his career goals? Because like, they know, like they're out there, everybody knows. And so then like, it's instead of asking some of those like basic questions, like they're able to ask more in-depth questions. And also they heard me talking to a microphone for eight minutes. Like they, they listened to me and they like Mm -hmm. already had a feeling for who I am, what I sound like, the kind of energy I have, the energy that I bring and those sorts of things. So I think there's a lot of benefits to creating content as, as a listener to this show, because they show up in so many different ways. It's not just that, Oh, maybe you're going to make money and get famous. I haven't made any money for my podcast directly, (laughs) but I think I've gotten like better job offers because of it. And yeah, I really did. So. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, you don't have that. Maybe you do have thousands of listeners and I'm I'm unaware. I don't know, but it's really been beneficial. I've been enjoying doing the podcast just for the opportunity to get to meet really cool people or, or catch up with people that I knew before and in a different Avenue. It's really great for networking. And yeah, Yeah. like you said, not everyone's doing it. It feels like it sometimes like everyone has a podcast (laughs) these days, but not everyone is putting out content. And really the, the only difference between an expert on LinkedIn 
and somebody who doesn't feel like an expert is that the the experts just posting stuff <laughs> very consistently <laughs> and yeah. stuff that they yeah. have worked on and have thought over and college students you're already working on how many different subjects you're writing essays you're doing things already to create content why not benefit from it in a different way and reformat it into a podcast episode or into a blog post or a LinkedIn post and start sharing some of the stuff that you're learning. People like that. It's good. And it's good for your own personal development. Yeah, I think that's great. What misconceptions, Joel, would you say are out there about creating content? I would say the probably the biggest misconception that I had when I was first starting out creating content is that it had to be perfect. That mm -hmm. when I started creating content, I was like, I don't want to put this out into the world with my name on it if it's B plus work. Because it's going to be B plus work. And then every interviewer that I ever have is going to listen to it. And they're going to know that I'm a B plus student and that I whatever. And then it's the end of the world because I put out like a mediocre podcast episode. And instead content is messy and people make mistakes in it all the time. Like every, probably uh, you could probably find an example, like once a week of a big fortune 500 brand posting something that they didn't mean to that they had to go delete because it got picked up by all the wrong news outlets and suddenly they're in trouble. That happens all the time. And as individuals, we don't have nearly the same magnifying glass on what we put out. And so like I've put out podcast episodes, I put out some that have several hundred views and I've put out some that have 30 views. And if 30 people listen to your podcast episode, like it's not going to pick up, it's not going to go be viral. Like you're not going to get this like huge negative backlash because it's like a mediocre podcast episode it's so much lower stress than I think people make it or than I made it when I was first starting out and I think especially because I was a student at that point like school teaches you that things should be perfect or you like will have to redo them and in in the world outside of school like that's not always true <laughs> because I think quality is subjective in a lot of ways and there's not a teacher grading you. Mm -hmm. And so when you put out a podcast episode or when you write a blog or when you post on LinkedIn or whatever it is that you do, nobody's giving it a grade. People read through it, people listen to it, and then they're like, all right, and they move on with their day. And unless it's really bad or really good, it just doesn't make that much of an impact. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing it, but it means that if you put out mediocre work that's okay. You get to learn from that and you just keep moving forward. You keep going, you keep putting out mediocre work until at some point you're putting out like better than mediocre work. And maybe you're actually putting out some good work. And then the more that you do it, like you get better and et cetera, assuming you stick with it, it's easy to give up on it too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think probably the biggest misconception is that if I put out a bad episode that my world is going to come crumbling down. And instead, if I put out a bad episode, like it's just going to get fewer views. Like people just will not be as interested in it yeah. and then we'll move on. And then I'll just get another chance next week to put out a better episode. Exactly. Yeah. I totally resonate with what you were saying about quality. And I feel like it's taken me a long time to even start to get to the point of imagining that people aren't grading me anymore. <laughs> I think I still struggle with that for sure. I'm shocked that wait, not, not everybody works for like quality. 
<laughs> I'm, I was just nodding my head as you were saying that. Yeah. And I think like sometimes I know for my podcast, I'm like, man, sometimes it would be cool to have a teacher. Sometimes it would be cool to have somebody who like listened through it and was like, ah, this part was great. This part was fine. This part was fine. Sometimes that would be so nice, but it doesn't happen that way. And instead, like, I get to grade it myself. And yeah, so I'm about to, to say you're doing that yourself, Joel. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. be yeah. honest. So I, so I get to listen back through it and I get to be able to say, oh, like this part is really good. And sometimes I put out episodes that, that when I'm like editing it, when I'm like really close to the project, I'm like, man, this is a good episode. And then I publish it. And a week later, I listen through it again. And I'm like, uh, this is uncomfortable to listen to. And that's all right. Now I know. So I've mm-hmm. found that sometimes just the way that I say things, I'm like, man, it made sense at the time, like listening through it, it doesn't translate. It just doesn't make sense the way that I thought it did. Mm -hmm. And so I've really enjoyed getting to know that about myself, that there are phrases and and words that I use that make sense when I say them and not when I hear them. And so I've just tried to cut those out. Um, But yeah, I think it's been a cool way for me to grow because I'm able to like go back and, and say for myself, no, like this is good, or this is C plus work or whatever. Yeah. Very good. That's good. Do you, and I bet you probably have some people that podcast or other people that you listen to. And then now you're thinking of their format or, Ooh, there's, they're doing this and that's probably improving. I know I'm all the time listening to some podcasts in a different light nowadays. I'm just, Ooh, I really like how they introduced it that way. Maybe I need to change something up or other other things like that. How would uh, a listener just take that first step into creating content? I would say probably the first step into creating content um, is is like mapping out a plan. There's two ways that you could go about it. Is number one is like mapping out a plan. Like I think if you create content, you should have something to say. And even if it's not, oh, I've got this really refined, like we just talked about, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be really refined. It doesn't have to be like the best podcast ever, but it should be about something. I know people who have podcasts that are just like them and their buddy catching up after work. That's fine. And that's okay. But are people really going to listen to that? I'm like, it's just you and your buddy. I'm like, I really like you. And I don't even want to listen to that because it's not about anything. And I would recommend that like content be about something. And whether that is maybe it can be something niche like fantasy football or like cooking, or maybe it can be about life. Maybe it can be about relationships. Maybe it can be about whatever it is, but I would recommend like having a goal with it. And then the other thing is it doesn't have to start as like this great project that shows up on all podcasting platforms. It doesn't have to be this great project that like has a beautiful website that goes with it. You start out by posting on Twitter and you're like, wow, I put together this two and a half minute video and now I just posted it on Twitter. And that can be the end of it. Like it it can start out in like really simple ways. It doesn't have to start out with Mm -hmm. podcasting equipment or with even like audio editing software. Like you can do it in one take and then go upload the video to YouTube. And that's free to do and that's easy. And that's like a great way to test if you like it because some people like genuinely hate producing content. Like I have friends who I'm like, hey, do you want to come be on my podcast? No, they have no interest in it. And that's fine. Like it's not for everyone. And so I would recommend before you go put a bunch of money or like time into Mm -hmm. the equipment or building the website or whatever it is that you're doing with that, put together some videos, put them up on YouTube, put together some posts, post them on LinkedIn or Twitter, put them on Facebook, do something like that and see how you like having your ideas out there for people to critique. And not everyone will critique them. And usually people don't, but like, how do you like the feeling of 
that being a possibility mm-hmm. because if you don't like it, then you, it's okay. If you don't go create content, not everyone needs to. Yeah. And a good thing to try different mediums. You might not like podcasting, but you might like writing or music even, or yeah. What are some other examples we might not be thinking of music or videos or podcasts or TikTok? Yeah. It's like they're videos, but they're very short. They're very specific videos. A Pinterest um, board. Yeah, Pinterest board, man, that's one that I wouldn't have thought of. Blogs, Twitter threads, like you could do tweets or you could do Twitter threads. There are people that have built their entire careers off of writing good tweets, like 280 characters, and that's all they do forever. Creating um, a clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, man, is that still around? That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so I think that's Twitter Spaces now. That I think if, so. if anyone's doing that, even yeah, I've yeah, I've seen a few people on Twitter Spaces. I haven't been on Clubhouse probably in eight months, but yeah, I think like there are yeah, pretty much anything that you can think of, like you can create content for. And if there's not an existing social media platform that does it, like building a website is not as hard as it sounds like it's going to be. And you can use Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or something and you can build Mm -hmm. or card and you can stand up a website in, in some cases like 24 hours or, um, or less. Like I've put together landing pages and and stood them up half an hour and you can do something like that if it's pretty simple. And so pretty much anything you want to do is possible on the internet. And most of these platforms already exist. And if you have some cool, innovative idea that doesn't exist already, you can go build it. That's a pretty cool opportunity there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. That's really neat. Mm -hmm. Joel, any final questions that you wish that we would have asked? So one of the questions that we discussed before the show is what am I learning right now? And Ah, what am I reading? And I would love to talk about that. So the thing I mentioned a little bit about this earlier, and this is yeah a little bit personal, but the thing that I'm learning right now, I think is perspective that I talked about earlier. Like my mother-in-law has ALS and that's a terminal disease. There's not a cure for it. And so my wife and I have moved to Southern Oregon. We live in Medford, a couple miles from my mother-in-law. And like my wife is over there right now, like caregiving and, and helping take care of that. And seeing people that you love like lose their bodies puts everything else in perspective. That it doesn't matter that like I wasn't as productive at work today as I wanted to be it doesn't matter that like someone cut me off in traffic someone backed into my car last week it doesn't matter those things are not the important things in life the important things in life is like my family and the people that I love and that this has been like the last I think 14 months of the journey for her for ALS have really hard Mm. and not something that that when I was thinking about getting married not something that I had in mind but that's that has been like hugely formational for me to put everything else in perspective that everything else is small stuff and I don't need to sweat the small stuff. Like the small stuff is fine. And yeah. So what if someone cut me off in traffic? So what if I'm going to be five minutes late to that meeting this morning? So what if, Oh yeah, I snoozed my alarm. Yeah. That's not the person that I want to be. So what at the end of the day, like I got to wake up next to my wife and I got to go see my mother-in-law and my father-in-law and I got to call my mom today and I get to talk to the people that matter. And I think I talk a lot about like my career and my goals and all these things that are important and all these things that like matter, quote unquote. And at the end of the day, like they're just for fun and they're just 
cool projects and that, yeah, I want to have this cool podcast and yeah, I want to make a difference in other people's lives, but really like, I just want to spend time with the people that I love Mm. and I want to spend time with the people that love me. And I think what have I been learning right now is that there's a few things that really matter in life and everything else doesn't so much. And that it's okay for me to take a step back and it's okay for me to say like, yeah, I didn't get a podcast off this week. I meant to, but I didn't. And that's all right. And I'll try again next week. And that's not something that I need to beat myself up about because I was doing things that matter more and I was doing things that are more important. Mm -hmm. And I think when I was younger, I used to really look at, oh, I'm going to go have a salary of a million dollars and all of these other things. And that those were the things that I was like, no, like that really matters. And at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. And I think that's what I'm learning right now is there, there are a few things that really matter and everything else doesn't so much. And not that those things like shouldn't be focused on, not that those things should be ignored or should be pushed to the side or anything like that. But at the end of the day, if I can focus on one thing, it's going to be my family. Everything else takes a backseat to that. And, and that's just the way that life should be. And so. It's a good word, Joel. Mm-hmm. And what are you reading? Yeah. yeah. What am I reading? It's uh, similar to that. I'm reading Letters from a Stoic by okay. Seneca. Oh, um, classic. Yeah, it is. So it's been, it's like a collection of letters that Seneca wrote in, I think the first century AD to his friend. And it's just a collection of those letters translated from, I believe, Greek or uh, Latin, Latin or whatever they were. I think it was think in Rome. Latin, probably. Yeah. yeah, I think it was in Rome. So it would have been Latin. And it's just a collection of his letters. And I have been absolutely loving it because it's so fun to read through these letters that are like 2000 years old where he talks about, man, like we should be better friends. And I think here are the reasons why we're not. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, I've had those conversations with people, like not that exact conversation, but like he talks about, I don't really going out anymore because I'm older and people are loud. And I'm like, wow, 2000 years ago, there was old people who were like, I don't want to go out as much as I used to go out because people are too loud and I just don't want to deal with that. (laughs) And I think it's been fun for me to read through like the simplicity in that, that like letters from a stoic, there's a whole philosophy built around like stoic, like stoic letters. A lot of it is built around Seneca's letters or like the book that I'm reading. And I think it's fun for me to read through those and be like, yeah, like there's a lot of wisdom in there. And there's a lot of things that I really am learning from. And there's a lot of things that's just some guy talking to his friend Uh (laughs) and like some guy talking to his friend 2000 years ago sounds like us and that it's not that different. And I think it helps me to like ease some of my anxiety about the world that like there really is nothing new under the sun, but like everything that we're going through and everything that we're thinking about and worried about for, Oh, like family members are sick or Oh, my career. I wish I was this way or that way. People have always thought those things. People have always been dealing with that. And that I think it's cool for me to have that connection to the past and be like, man, these problems are not new. That's great. And sometimes it just helps me to be able to like take a step back and be like, I think I like have a tendency to dramatize my life and be like, oh, this is so important. This is so big. This is the thing, right? This is no one's ever done it this way before. It's like, no, people have. Of course they have. Everyone has. And it's cool for me to think about, man, like at the end of it all, like 
we're just still people the same way 2000 years ago, they were people the same way 4,000 years ago, they were people. And that it's not as like stressful as I think I make it to be because I'm like, no, why would it be like this? We're just still people like we're just all going through the same things and like dealing with the same problems as people have always been dealing with. And I think there's something like weirdly peaceful about that. Yeah. For me. Yeah. You're reading Seneca and you're doing philosophy yourself on your podcast, right? How do listeners listen to the new Seneca? There you go. I don't think you're a stoic. <laughs> I think there's a lot of beauty in stoic philosophy. I don't know that I consider myself a stoic. So how do people listen to me? You can find bite-sized philosophy everywhere podcasts are found. Most people find it on Apple podcasts, but you can find it also on Spotify or Anchor or uh, where else do people listen to podcasts? Those Google? See it. Google? Maybe. Yeah, maybe Google. I don't know. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. And if you can't find it on your podcast platform, you can find it on my website, joelsigrist.com. And you can also find my email list there. So every Friday I send out a fun story. I call it Friday fun. I mean, I send out a fun story that I've been reading that is interesting and helps me to live a better life. Last week was about dealing with difficult people because it was the holiday season and <laughs> people were dealing with a lot of people. And yeah, I don't know what it's going to be this week yet. We haven't figured that out yet, but I haven't read a fun story. But anyway, you can find me at, at my website, joelsigers.com or Bite Sized Philosophy, anywhere podcasts are found. And those are the two best ways to find me. You also can find me on Twitter at joelsigersf, as in fantasy football. And that's the place digitally that I hang out the most. So if you want to get a hold of me quickly, Twitter at joelsigersff is the best way to do it. And that's where I am. So. Love it. <laughs> Fantasy football. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Thanks, Joel, for coming on and, and chatting with us. And it's good to, to hear updates about what you're up to. And for me to meet you. And yeah. great to just yes. dive in and learn about what you're up to. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Quinn, I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to both of you and getting to unpack some of these opportunities and be able to talk about it. So I really appreciate it. And best of luck and listeners thanks for listening um, join us next time as we continue to try to help you gain more opportunities in your personal and professional